Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Let's pray. Father, thank you because your word holds everything together. Your word is life. Your word can produce healing. Your word can produce wisdom. Your word produces grace. Your word produces light. Your word gives strength. And I pray that your word will be spoken today with power. And everything associated with your word, every blessing, shall be released in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, We started a series uh, on uh, kingdom prosperity. Uh, This is our year of the kingdom. And we really started the year by putting it in your heart that Jesus came to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus didn't just come to preach the gospel of personal salvation. Personal salvation is included in the gospel of the kingdom. In fact, the reason why we get born again is so that we can enter into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a new way of life, a new way of thinking, a new way of doing things. God is the king of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is a domain of the king. The king determines what happens in the kingdom. The kingdom has a culture. The kingdom has a way of life. The kingdom has its constitution. The kingdom has uh, its economy. Uh, The kingdom of God is where we have come into as children of God who have accepted God's way of life as the way of living. And this time we're just looking at the prosperity because every kingdom prides itself in its prosperity. There are two things that distinguishes a kingdom, or at least that really makes uh, make a kingdom unique, its power and its prosperity. And both are linked together. Uh, a, a kingdom cannot be powerful if it's not prosperous. All right? And a kingdom, uh, if a kingdom is not prosperous, it won't be powerful. You cannot say a kingdom is powerful when there is no prosperity. So they are linked together. Uh, so it's important. And when, it, when we say a kingdom is prosperous, it means the citizens are prosperous. Uh, there are a lot of countries today who have a lot of wealth, but we don't say they are prosperous because the citizens don't enjoy the prosperity, right? Uh, a lot of third world countries, that's the problem. Some of them have the best resources, more resources than M- many other countries. But it's in the hand of a few people. Uh, People are poor. So those are not considered prosperous. But in the kingdom, prosperity is part of the kingdom. And uh, and we've been examining it. We're going to examine in the next few days, you know, a few weeks rather, what that means. But last week we focused on the principle that is very, very critical to anyone that wants to enjoy the prosperity of the kingdom. And that is the principle of the source. The principle of the source. We must recognize the source. 
Uh, we're going to continue from where we, you know, we stop. Uh, today, we, I titled today, you know, Prosperity with a Kingdom Purpose. But really, it's really a continuation of what we talked about last week. So I would like to start from Deuteronomy chapter 8. I will read a few verses there. I just believe that, uh, uh, you know, God is pointing us this way because prosperity is coming. Amen. Uh, and I believe that this is our season to prosper. It's our season to enjoy and experience God's prosperity like we have never before. In Jesus' name. Now, Deuteronomy, if you have never uh, really, really studied it, it is really a speech. You look at uh, Deuteronomy, it's like uh, somebody talking to people. It wasn't historical like uh, the first four books, Genesis, Exodus, uh, uh, Leviticus. It is uh, really somebody giving a story, and the storyteller there is uh, Moses. So this was like a valedictory speech or message given by Moses that God prompted Moses to give. And in fact, the name, uh, the name of the word uh, Deuteronomy is really from, uh, you know, it actually simply means repeated law, means repeat or second. So really, there's nothing new in there. It was just repeating everything, just like trying to summarize and put everything together. So it's a very, very powerful book. It summarizes, you know, and, and try to help them to reflect on their experiences in the last almost 40 years. So Moses keeps, if you study it, Moses keeps referring to the last 40 years, and he wants them to really learn the lesson of 40 years. Now, they were just about to get into Canaan, all right? They were just about to get into Canaan. So it was, it was also very, very timely. They were... They've escaped everything, you know, every trouble. God, they have experienced God. God has shown himself, you know, powerful. They are now here, about to enter into that promised land that God promised them many, many years ago. And Moses said, Moses felt, and I believe God put it in his heart, this is a very important time to really remind the children of Israel, you know, that when you get into the land, this is, you must not forget some few things. Because you're, you're about to enjoy everything you've opened. I mean, just look at them. They were slaves. They were slaves. I mean, the, I mean, the best they can hope for when they were in Egypt is the next meal. They couldn't own land. They couldn't own anything. They could not, no right, nothing. There was nothing they could call their own. Now, they were about to really, I mean, God gave them promise. I'm going to give you your own land. Now, it's going to be actually much better than where you are now. I mean, I'm, I'm sure in their mind that was really too good to be true, right? I'm going to, it's going to be prosperous. I'm going to be your God. You know, you're going to prosper. You're going to be blessed. And they're like, uh-huh, you know. But they were just about to start experiencing that. And God knew uh, prosperity changes people. Uh, and I think this theme runs through the scripture. So we're going to read Deuteronomy chapter 8. And we're going to read verse, from verse, verse 10. When you, when you have eaten and are satisfied, all right, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. So when you get there and you have eaten, you're satisfied. right? Make sure you praise the Lord your God. Verse 11, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. 
failing to observe his commands, his laws, his decrees that I have given you this day. Otherwise, because if they are not attentive, they are not careful to not forget. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your earth and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I mean, he said, That's, isn't that a tendency of human beings? I mean, it's, it looks like God is always worried about us. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, God is really worried about you. He's worried about your prosperity. It's almost as if you have to assure him. I mean, like God is so concerned. Have you ever seen God so concerned? I mean, God is so concerned that, you know, you know you're about to have everything now. I am just so worried that you're just going to forget. You're just going to really, really forget the Lord who brought you. Let's go. Verse 15. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness. And thirst, that, thirsty, that thirsty and waterless land, which is venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of a hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. Say, so look, you went through, and I think it's the story of many of us. Many of us have had close call, right? I mean, if you didn't get this job, I mean, you're going to be deported or something like that. I mean, the job just came at that right time. All right? If some letter, if some decision, if something, I mean, you just, you, all of us can look at our life and like, wow, just close call, right? In fact, some of us have been in that close call where you say, God, if you save me, I am going to serve you for the rest of your life. I know I was in that close call. I was in the, on the 72nd floor, 9-11. When the plane hit my building, just a little bit above, took an hour to get out. And the prayer is, Lord, if I get out. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm going to serve you the whole world we know. Right? Many of us have been in that kind of situation. Accident, sick, you know, joblessness, tough situation that you thought, look, this cannot continue. And that was the experience of children of Israel. I mean, they were hungry. There was no possibility of food. Food came. Just like when they were about to quit. Just as when they were about to be wiped out by the Israelites, or by the Egyptians, right? Something happened. I mean, they looked, they were like, wow, this is impossible. They thought they were, it was over. I mean, there was no way, but somehow miraculously, many of us have experienced that. And God is reminding them, God did all this for you to humble you so that you might know when you are eventually blessed. Many of us are going through situations now. That's why you are going through it. So that when the blessing comes, you now know that, wow, you'll be humble. But unfortunately, it doesn't always work that way. And that's why God is worried. 
I want you to turn to your neighbor. God is really worried about you. Prosperity is coming. But God is worried. All right? We have to tell him, God, please don't worry. Hallelujah. Verse 17, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. So you may say it, and some of you may say that, and I'm praying you will not. You know, when God blesses you like, I mean, like you cannot even imagine, all right? You may now say, this is my power and my strength. Oh my, I did it. I am a self-made man. <laughs> There's no such thing as self-made man. All right? There's no such thing. God made you. Amen. You know, as we were singing, uh, I'm grateful. You know, I mean, that was so touching. You know, the Lord just reminded me of my, my own personal story. When I came to the United States, I came, I didn't just came with zero dollars, I was owing. I spent the first six months paying the money I used to buy my tickets. All right? I mean, just six months paying gradually. I have to just be grateful. I mean, when you, wow, look at, look at what God has done. Look at where I am today. All right? But imagine how God will see it if I say, you know what, well, of course I'm smart. Why would I not be, why would I not do well? After all, I have this. After all, I have that. I have strength. I have intelligence. I can do this. I can do that. God is saying, no, 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 no. Look at verse 18. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant which is swore to your ancestors, as it is today. Verse 19. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you. So you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. I pray that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. But I think it's to teach us, look, you must always remember. Don't forget. And as I was preparing and praying, I see God blessing some people that they will become unrecognizable. I thought I would hear a louder amen. And that's why this one is coming so seriously. Because Israelite became unrecognizable after this. I mean, it just... I mean, just imagine how Egyptians saw them. They used to be our slaves. We used to do whatever. I mean... All of a sudden, they had their nation, right? They had everything. It was prosperous, stronger, you know. I mean, they, up to today, in the Middle East, Israel dominates, right? Have you heard of six-day war when they all gathered together to capture Israel, to destroy? Boom, it changed. You know, that is why Israel will always be stronger. No matter what anybody says, no matter who, you know, what anything says, they're there. This will stay. It is God's word. They will be stronger. Stronger economy, stronger. They are the tiniest, that they are the strongest. Praise the name of Jesus, because this is God's word. But when they forget, you get destroyed. And they've been destroyed before. 
In fact, 70 years or so AD, Israel got destroyed. They got destroyed for almost 2,000 years. They did not exist. They were scattered. They, they actually got wiped out from the map until 1948, when they got, the place got restored. I'm sure some people prayed, and God restored the nation back to them. And that's the cause of the fight we are having in the Middle East today, right? Because everybody says it was our land. So it's important for us to learn this and apply them to our lives. We're going to look at another scripture in Luke chapter 12. Jesus retold that story in a different way, in a more contemporary way. You know, Jesus used parable in Luke chapter 12, verses 15 to 21. Actually, it's, yeah, verse 15. Actually, let's start from, uh, yeah, from verse 15. So Jesus told this, kind of trying to allude to the same thing, but in a more contemporary way, because sometimes Jesus knew they could say, oh, that's our forefathers. But Jesus wanted to really relate the message in verse 15. He said, then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. All right? Life does not consist in the abundance of possession. And verse 16, and he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. Somebody's ground is about to yield an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, you know, he was, oh, I have no, he started thinking, started thinking. So, oh, wait a minute. What shall I do? I, have no, I mean, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. You know, tear down my storage and build bigger ones. I mean, after all, I have money. Let me build bigger storage. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I will say to myself, I mean, see, I will just talk to myself, just thinking, you know, this is just thought going on in his mind, but wow. Then I will say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. You have, you have so much. I mean, you can't even, you have so much savings. I mean, you can't finish it. Even if you decide not to walk again, I mean, you have so much. Take life easy. Eat. Drink and be merry. I mean, just, just started. Never mention God. Never say, wow, God, you have been good to me. Never said, you know what, I have so much. I mean, what can I do for God? You know, what can I do? David was a different person. At some point, he said, what, what can I do? I mean, David was so rich at some point in his life. God blessed him so much, and he said, what can I really do? I will build a temple. And God said, no, you can't. I mean, otherwise, it will be discredited. You are a man of blood. You fought so much war. Everybody knew you as a man of uh, war. You can't build the temple. I'm, don't worry, I'll, I'll, use my, I'll, I'll use your son. Your son can build the temple. And Moses, uh, David said, you know, okay, that's fine. But he gave all the money to the son to build the temple. Now, it doesn't make any difference, right? But this guy didn't do that. He congratulated himself. He told himself how brilliant he was. 
He told himself how rich, how great, and he told himself to take it easy. That's, that's kind of how a lot of people... Be. I see a lot of people behave this way, by the way. Once things get... Things are working out for them, I mean, they want to take it easy. You know. I mean, they used to really come early, they'll pray, they'll do all this. I mean, they want to take it easy. They say, oh, God is not that hard. They want to take it easy. Verse 20, but God said to him, this is Jesus telling us a parable, God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Because you did not even thank God for giving you life. He said, it will be demanded from you. Then we will get what you have prepared for yourself. And Jesus ended the parable by saying, this is how it will be. For whoever store up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God, will not acknowledge God, will make it about them. This is how it will be for them. That God will cut their life short. God will not cut your life short in Jesus' name. But you will be rich towards God. You will really always be humble and recognize this is from God. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 45, 5 says, do you seek great things for yourself? Do not seek them. Don't seek anything for yourself. The great uh, preacher, uh, Miles Monroe, uh, late Miles Monroe said, always said this, when you don't know the purpose of a thing, abuse is inevitable. See, when we don't know the purpose of kingdom prosperity, which is my message today, that's really what I want to talk about, that we must start from really understanding the purpose of kingdom prosperity. And that's why God is worried. And I'm going to use another story, uh, the story of the Israelites, to depict this. And hopefully we have time. I'm running out of time. Now, when the children of Israel, when they were leaving Egypt, something weird happened. I mean, it was just one of those, it looked like an afterthought, it looked like some, something very weird. I, I, I don't even really understand it, but it happened. It happened in Exodus chapter 3. And Exodus chapter 3, verse 21. And I will cause the Egyptian to look favorably to you. So God told them, you know what? Before you leave, I mean, you are leaving tomorrow. This was uh, before Passover. Passover was the last meal they had. And they, before they left, before Pharaoh said, you know, you can leave. And God said, oh, just go and borrow gold from um, fine clothing and all these nice jewelry. Just go to your, go to your neighbor who is an Egyptian. <laughs> Just go borrow. Just say, you know, I have a party. You know, people have been doing that even since that time. All right? I have a party. You know, just I need a very, very nice jewelry. And I will allow them to give you favor. They will favor. I mean, you won't even know. They will favor you because normally you don't borrow they won't borrow them because they, are, they were low-class people. He said, you know, just go, them and go to them. So he said in verse 21, I will cause the Egyptians to look favorable to you. They will give you gift when you go, so you will not live empty-handed. So God said, you are not going to leave Egypt empty-handed. All right? Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and fine clothing from her Egyptian neighbor and from the foreign women in their houses. You will dress your sons and daughters with these striping the Egyptians of their words. So, 
Just go borrow gold, silver, everything. Just go borrow them. Just tell them, hey, don't worry. Uh, and he also repeated it in Exodus 11. You know, tell all the Israelite women to ask their Egyptian neighbor for articles of silver and gold. Now, the Lord had caused the Egyptian to look favorably on the people of Israel. All right? So, so people just borrowed them. Now, so what God did was to kill the people who borrowed, you know, so they won't have to pay, right? I mean, if they borrow something, you go into their house to pay it back. They are no longer there. Nobody is there. You're going to say, you know what, I tried, right? <laughs> I tried. Right? So, so, which is what happened. I mean, very weird. You know, because God could have done it different way, but, you know, just happened. So, I'm sure they are just wondering, why? I mean, why? You know, God does something, you're like, who needs gold in the wilderness, really, right? I mean, they're, they're wondering, they're going in the wilderness, trying to, I mean, this is, I mean, now, wilderness wasn't that easy, right? They were really worried about food, about water. I mean, they, and I'm sure they are wondering, so why do we even have all this gold? I mean, why do we have, there's nobody to sell it to. We could go and sell it, right? And make some money. There's no, there's no market. There's nowhere to sell the gold and make money out of it. I'm sure in their head, they are like, you know, I mean, what is the purpose of this gold? Now, fast forward. Verse, uh, chapter 32 of that Exodus. Something very sad happened. Extremely sad. Verse 3 and 4. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. And Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, O Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Isn't that shocking? (laughs) Isn't that like, are you kidding me? I mean, how? (laughs) The gold you borrowed (laughs) from your neighbor that God told you to borrow, you, you didn't even have the guts to go borrow the gold. Otherwise, they will slap you. I mean, you borrowed the gold, you got the gold. You, now, Moses went away. The story here is that Moses was gone for like 40 days. Moses told them he was going to the mountain. You know, I will go quick, I will go pray, I will be back. Then Moses didn't show up. Now, they were afraid to go to the mountain because there was smoke, all this kind of, uh, you know, effect going on there. God, is, God was manifesting himself powerfully. They couldn't go. Now, at some point, they say, you know what? I think it looks like Moses is gone. After all, he's the one that is always talking about God, right? Moses is gone now. All right? Let's, let's, just, let's just create a God. And they told Aaron, they all removed all the gold. You know, they were wearing them. They were doing whatever they were doing. They, they put them together and created an image. And that's what we do sometimes. When you don't know the purpose of a thing, abuse is inevitable. They didn't know. They never asked. They never asked themselves, why did God do this? Now, later we found out why God did it. Later we found out. If you look a few chapters, just three chapters down the road, 
you know, you will find out. But this, this was really, really distressing for God. In fact, at this point, God was like, wow, I'm done with these people. Oh my, I'm done, done, done. In fact, God wanted to destroy them. Because it's like, how, how bad can it be? How, how can people turn to this, a golden calf and say, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt? That's what happened when we don't know the purpose of eating. We worship. When we don't know the purpose of prosperity, we end up worshiping prosperity. Worship money, worship things. Things are just there to make us a little more comfortable, right? And, and, but ultimately, to really be able to, to fulfill God's purpose, which we are going to find out. So you, you, you move three chapters, you now begin to see why. Exodus chapter 35, from verse 4 through 9. Moses said to the whole community, the whole Israel community, this is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing to bring to the Lord an offering of gold. Did you see that now? Silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet, yarn, fine, linen, gold hair, ram skin, dye red, and another type of durable leather, Acadia wood, olive oil for the light, spices of the anointing oil, for the fragrance, and it went on and on. Now, this is, here they were building the tabernacle. So God said, I want to really dwell among you, but I need a place. I need a tabernacle. And God told Moses, so while Moses was in the, in, in chapter 32, while Moses was in the mountain, God gave him a picture, gave him a drawing. Just said, you know what, you're going to build a tabernacle. And this is the reason why you know, God said, you know, this is, tabernacle is going to be made, this is going to be made of gold, this is going to be made of bronze, this is made of silver, this kind of clothing, this kind of this, this kind of, make sure you build it. And uh, Moses is like, oh, where, where do we get this? Oh, people have it. That's why I asked them to go. <laughs> you remember almost 40, that's why I asked them to go borrow all those things. So we use part of it, right, to make this so I can dwell among you. And that's what happened. The people gave. I mean, they gave, they gave, they gave, they gave. After a while, they said, it's enough. We, we have enough. And they built the tabernacle. And that was why the tabernacle. Now, we found out God's purpose for the gold was, really, was revealed. The main lesson is if you don't know the purpose of anything, abuse is inevitable. They never asked God, why did you have us? Or they just never waited. Sometimes it's just good to wait and find out why God gave us something. Hallelujah. So what is God's purpose for prosperity? And that's what was read for us today. All right, Because the secret of prosperity really is tapping into God's purpose for it. God is a God of purpose. God doesn't do anything without purpose. God will always ensure his purpose is established. Now, if we can align ourselves with God's purpose, we're going to enjoy his prosperity. And that's the key. Now, Psalm 67 that we read, I love it. It said, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. That's a powerful prayer. 
I want you to turn to your neighbor and pray that prayer for them. Say, may God be gracious to you and bless you and make his face shine on you. Hallelujah. Amen. But he's telling, verse 2 tells us why he would do that. Why would God do that? He said, so that your ways may be known on earth. You see, if we begin to align ourselves so that God's ways may be known on earth and your salvation among all nations. I mean, it's not that difficult. I mean, God wants all nations saved. God wants his name known on earth. God wants his name glorified. And you know what? God will do that no matter what. You know that, right? God will do that no matter what. In fact, he said, if you, if you refuse to praise, uh, praise him, Jesus was telling Israel, he said, God will raise stones. I mean, you think it's difficult for God to, God will raise stones. I mean, somebody will do it. I mean, somebody will do it if nobody does. And God will ensure some people, he will put the resources in their hands to do it. And some people have been doing it for years. The gospel, just imagine how the gospel has reached all over the world. Just imagine. Started like a, just a group of people in the Middle East, took over the whole Europe. Some people did that. Some people risked their lives. Some people financed that. Some people did that. Some people are still doing it today. Look at Billy Graham. Billy Graham, look at how he touched the old one. In fact, there was a time I was reading about uh, Rayan Bunky. Rayan Bunky was one of these evangelists that's an incredible. He just retired. He did his last crusade. He's a German evangelist. He did his last crusade about two, three months ago in Nigeria. He's won millions and millions of souls for God. I mean, I mean, he goes around. I mean, some people sponsor that. You know, so I was reading about another ministry, Kenneth Copeland ministry. So Kenneth Copeland one day went to him to say, all your crusade in Africa, I don't, I think this is maybe, maybe the transportation, I don't know. I'm sure a bishop knows that. The financing of those crusades, our ministry is going to take care of that. I mean, do you know how many millions it will cost to ship? I mean, the equipment. I mean, they have crusade with two million people. I mean, if you just think about the audiovisual. For this church, we spent close to 200,000, 150,000 to have all these things. Each crusade goes into millions to have all those speakers, to have all this, to have this, the PA system to move those equipment, have engineers who must be highly trained, right? Highly paid because the thing works, <laughs> right? Is they are there. They set it up. All these people, I mean, each crusade, I can imagine how much it costs. And some people say, you know what? For the gospel to go to Africa, we can go. We're going to pay for it. Why would God not bless someone like that? That ministry is blessed. That ministry is blessed. Sometimes people are so blessed, you are jealous of them. We don't know why they are blessed. I mean, God will ensure such a person is blessed. 
Touch a person that says, you know, I'm going to make sure. Just like the woman that told Elijah, anytime you come, I have a place for you. Right? Anytime you come, I will create a place for you. You're going to stay there. It is important to align ourselves with God's purpose. He said, may God be gracious to us. I want you to turn to your neighbor and pray that prayer again. May God be gracious to you and bless you and make his face shine. So that his ways may be known on earth and salvation among all nations. And that's, you know, last, 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 this week we were praying. And I, this came to me during the week. And I was, I was praying for our brothers who are sisters who are looking for jobs. And I shared during our command your month that this just came to me. I'm like, God, I mean, if you really bless us, that money is not going to go go by. Right? That money is not supporting useless causes. Right? It's not, it's not eat the money. Part of the money, a significant portion of the money, is going to support the gospel. I mean, it's going to, it's going to make his name great. I mean, we just supported, uh, we just supported the people who are a fire victim now, right? What would that people say? I mean, they would say, wow, this is what God's people should do, right? They're, I mean, doesn't that make God look good that a church can do that? Usually, church always go begging for money from people, right? All right? And this is us here. You know, we were discounted. Who are them? All kinds of names, right? African church. Did they even speak English there? We heard all that years ago. You know, those group of people, who are they? Now, we have to receive an award, right? To really say, this has never, they said, this has never happened before. <laughs> that a church takes an offering not for them, for people they don't even know. It's not because ah, their members were there. That makes God look good, doesn't it? He said that your ways may be known on earth. Now people now know that God does this, all right? And is salvation among all nations. I'm running out of time, but I still really want to drill this down. So you're going to forgive me. Amen. There's a story in 1 Samuel chapter 1 that is very, very powerful. It's a common story. It's the story of how, how Samuel was born. Samuel's mom was looking for a child. Byron, unfortunately, she was in a polygamous home. The other woman was having children every year. Before she turned around pregnant again. And, and she happened to be, she was not a very nice woman. Not very nice. Just make sure she knew. She tried to send one of the kids to go get something. She said, no, 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 don't send my child. Oh, if you have a child, you will know how difficult it is to, I mean, it's because don't send my son on anything. Oh, the son is. It's not that easy to raise a child like that. Made her feel so bad. Made, and she was really unhappy, frustrated. The husband came to her and said, you know, why are you always sad? He said, I want a child of my own. The husband made sure she really did, he really did everything for her. She was not satisfied. 
So one day she went to a conference. You know, took place in a place called Shiloh. You would go to that conference every year, maybe like a retreat, similar to what we do. She went there. And she went and prayed, and she, she's had it. And she prayed in verse 1 of First Samuel chapter 11, and she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. Can you imagine that? So unknown to her, and the funny thing is, why this story is so powerful, God was looking for someone. Now, Eli was the priest. God was done with Eli. Sons of Eli were so bad. Oh, they were horrible. I mean, people came to the temple. I mean, they were just using their offering. They were stealing offering. They were doing all. I mean, they think nobody knew. They became so... Eli's children were so horrible. I mean, they were making a mess, and God said, you know what? You know, God's way is to always translate, you know, transition from father to son. And God said, you know what? I am done with Eli, because Eli also refused to correct the children. God went to Eli. God said, Eli, look at what your sons are doing. And Eli said, what can I do? (laughs) And God is like, what can you do? Okay, I'm done with your family. I am going to have to find me somebody else. So it so happened that at that time, God said, I am going to find me somebody else. <laughs> somebody came and said, if you give me a child, I'm going to give him to you. Look at what, look at what happened. And God said, uh-oh. The angel said, uh-oh. There's, a, there's something here. Hallelujah. You see, the secret of prosperity is to tap into God's purpose. God must find himself a prophet. God must find himself a priest. Hallelujah. And she tapped into that. And God gave her Samuel. And I'm sure God was worried. I hope she's not going (laughs) to... You have one child, you're going to say, oh, God, I, I, I was saying it, I really didn't mean it like that. No, 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 no. I, <laughs> and you know what? She went the child after a few years, took the child, literally. She was in Shiloh here when she made that promise. And what she meant is she is going to become a Nazarene. That's why he said, no razor will church. That's, these are people who are dedicated to God, service of God, that, that He's going to become. So, and I'm sure she wants Samuel very well. Look, when you go there, this is, she took Samuel, traveled back to Shiloh, dropped him, and I'm sure she was crying. I mean, it can never be, hey, bye-bye. I'm sure Samuel was also crying. And this is your mom, right? Samuel must even think this mom is wicked. Or it's possible she's told him over and over again to say, you know, this is, this is what's going to happen. She traveled, dropped Samuel, and said, Samuel, by God's grace, I'll see you once a year when I come for the service. 
and she left. But the Lord blessed her with seven other children. He that was barren now became mother of children. Hallelujah. I am praying that we will tap into something, God's purpose. And I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will help me to be aligned with God's purpose. You see, there is God's purpose for our lives. Oftentimes, I believe we struggle with prosperity, experiencing blessing from God because we are not aligned. So what we experience is what comes from the system of the world. A child of God is supposed to live a supernatural life, supernatural provision. And you will in Jesus' name. But it will come when you begin to align yourself with God's purpose, God's plan, God's purpose for your life. Are you struggling in any area of your life? Begin to align yourself. Begin to, find, say, begin to ask God, I want to be aligned with your purpose. Because some, one way or the other, some people must be there. God can't do this without us. He won't. He can, but he won't do it without us. Praise the name of Jesus. So I'll wrap up by just saying a few things we know. There's a lot more, because, but I knew I was going to run out of time. So I'll mention three of them. At least three things we know they are important to God. First thing we know is important to God is God's glory. Right? Bible says he created all things for his glory. Revelation 4, 11 says, You're worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power, for you created all things by your will, and they were created and have their being. See, everything God created must give him glory. He created all things by him and for him. Now, so we know that. We know that God, I mean, that's why testimony gives birth to more testimony. That's why. That's why anytime testimony is truly given, right, that really gives glory to God. What happened? Those kind of testimonies just start happening in that environment. All right? The last Super Sunday, as soon as somebody gave a testimony about eyesight, right? Boom, 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 eyesight. You know? Why? Because anytime God is glorified, he wants to repeat that action that glorifies his name. Hallelujah. That's why they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the water. And that's why he's never a good thing to cover God's testimony. Many of us, we find all kinds of excuses, and they are lies. I can't speak in public. It's a lie. You speak a lot. <laughs> when you get together with your friend, you are animated, you are talking. But sharing testimony of what God did, you won't. There are a number of us here who are supposed to share testimony. I was shocked when we were having the we sent email during the crossover. Who is going to share testimony? Agape people are too cute to share testimony. You know, too, don't be too cute to share testimony. You see, if God, if God is doing something in your life, the reason why he will continue is because you give him glory. Don't cover his glory. I want you to turn to your neighbor. Say, never, never, never. <laughs> cover God's glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Another thing we know God cares about is his kingdom. God cares about the expansion of his kingdom, right? 
Luke 18, we're going to read uh, two verses there. Truly I tell you, verse 29, 30, Jesus said to them, No one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom. I want you to notice. For the sake of what? We fail to receive many times more in this age and in the age to come eternal life. See, where you, we know king, the kingdom expansion is important to God. When I give myself for the purpose of kingdom expansion, God blesses. Kingdom prosperity is released. Praise the name of Jesus. We know that. The last thing I'm going to talk about, there are a lot, but the last thing I'm going to talk about is we know that God cares about the plight of the poor. We know that, right? In fact, the Bible says, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. See, anytime you see someone struggling, someone who is poor, someone who is in a very unfortunate situation, and you, and you say, you know, I'm going to do something about it. The Bible says you are lending to the Lord. God takes it personally. God takes it as you lend him money. So God believes he owes you. Did you get that? Anytime you do something, God believes that he owes you. And it's important to know that. And he will reward them for what they have done. All right? We know in Matthew 25, Jesus told us the story of the people he will accept, the people he will reject. He said, I was in prison, right? So the people he accepted, I was in prison, you visited me, right? I was hungry. Never pass someone that is hungry. I was hungry, right? And you fed me. You know, when I came, and I, I think I came from Uganda, and I shared about the, the offerings. The pastor, I mean, this, this, are, this pastor has to over about 300 orphans. And they get fed once a day. Just imagine children being fed once a day. Well, if we do that, we are fasting, right? So I, I wonder what they call fasting. Maybe going two or three days. Because if your regular day is one meal a day, and you are a chief, these are children, these are between eight, whatever, eight, ten, whatever, 11 to a teenager, they get fed once a day. I mean, what choice do they make? Their house somewhere is only the food that is brought. Those are poor people. I mean, that's, that's real poverty. I mean, when we are poor in America, it's because we don't have cable, right? <laughs> we don't have cell phone, <laughs> internet. <laughs> people are poor, but they have a smartphone. People come to, people come for turkey, turkey giveaway, <laughs> but it's, it's a Mercedes Benz. I mean, I'm like, wow. <laughs> it's, it's some nice car pulling to the drive. We're here for turkey giveaway. You're like, wow. <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> that, that's us. <laughs> and we are, so, we are so miserable. Our life is not working for me. Anyone who is concerned about it. So I really want to challenge you. I'm not saying poor people don't exist here. I'm just trying to make that plight. There are poor people, even among us, there are people who are going through. And God is going to, you see, 
God is going to expose you today. When you find out someone is struggling, God wants you to do something about it. Because they are not going to struggle forever. But that time, you played God in their life. And God holds you. Praise the name of Jesus. When we begin to align ourselves with God's purpose, prosperity will come. It doesn't matter what you are going through now. I want you to, to know, just align yourself. And say, God, I align. Let's pray that prayer. I want us to bow down our heads and say, God, I align myself with your purpose. For your glory. For the expansion of your kingdom. And for the plight of the poor. I commit myself to your purpose. I will never forget where I'm coming from. I will never forget the source of my prosperity. I will never forget how I got blessed. I will never be arrogant. I will never credit myself for any blessing that I have. I will always credit you. I will never worship my achievements. I will never worship my money. I will never worship anything that I have. But I will worship you, the only true God, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to pray, but before I pray, just bow down your heads and close your eyes. If you're here, you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. I don't want you to walk out of this room without one. That would be sad. That would be very, very sad. You will not be able to enjoy the prosperity of the kingdom. But you want to. I want you to raise your right hand. And I would like to pray for you. Thank you. May God bless you for that hand. Any other person? Thank you. God bless you. I have two people. Any other person in the house? I don't want you to thank you. I have three. I want the three of you, please rise up. All eyes are closed. I, would, I just want to pray with you. Just stand up. Stand up where you are. You, know. you raise your hand. Just stand up, please. Just stand up. I would just want to pray for you at least, but I want to know the people I'm praying for. Any other person in the house? You raise your hand. Please stand up. All right. I want you to place your hands on your chest. Yeah. And I want you to repeat after me. I want you to say, Jesus, I thank you because you died for me. I thank you because you paid the price for my life so I can be forgiven, so I can have a relationship with God, and so I can enter into the kingdom of God. The day I ask, I am sorry that I have not obeyed you. I have not accepted you. I have not accepted the gift but today that changes. I give my life to you. I yield my life. I, I will live my life from today to fulfill your purpose. Give me grace. Help me, Holy Spirit. Come into my life. Change me forever. Help me to fulfill God's purpose for my life. Thank you. In Jesus' name. You can have your seat. Father, I thank you and I ask that this word will not come back to you void. This word will create a people prepared for kingdom prosperity. I pray that very soon there will be so much blessing that many people here will forget completely their days of struggle in the mighty name of Jesus. Many people here will not even be able to remember, wow, how struggling becomes financially. We used to be financially in the mighty name of Jesus. But I also pray that we will never forget. We will live our life aligning with your agenda. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah.